This week on Ultra 64, we're playing Diddy Kong Racing, and we're gonna destroy those carts like we're a couple of intergalactic space pig wizards. Welcome to Ultra 64, we are the internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. Each and every week we are playing a different randomly selected game from the Nintendo 64 catalog, and we are playing it, and we are hitting the ground, and we are hitting the water, and we are hitting the air, and we are hitting other players who are usually adorable animals. And my name is Steve Gunley. I am Tony the Tiger. Wait, what? What are we talking about? I was trying to think of something. We're not talking about Serial Mascot. We are not talking about Serial Mascot. That's next week uh, when we play Serial Killer, the game. Okay. Yeah. My name's Woody Siskowski, <laughs> and I'm already confused. <laughs> it's isn't that, easy to isn't be. that the norm? Well, yeah, but usually it takes like a couple, like a half an hour in is when I start to get confused. No, yeah, it's, it's true. Right from the beginning. I mean, we're off our schedule. We're earlier than we tend to record these. So yeah, it's a little, it's a little weird. And who else is joining us today? Lindsay Pennington. Welcome back, Lindsay. Cart racer Cart racing aficionado here to talk about the N64's other big cart racing game. That's Diddy Kong Racing. And uh, I'm excited to get into this because, firstly, this is not a game I have much experience in. You two do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, this is one I missed out on. And this is probably our most requested episode uh, what about in the Shadow history Man? of the show. I thought it was Shadow Man. Uh, I mean, Shadow Man, I'm kind of the only one clamoring to play mm. Shadow Man at this point. <laughs> but I, uh, I still I, I stand by that game. Well, maybe I do. I don't know. I don't remember it very well. But we're talking about Diddy Kong Racing today. It's uh, a really fun uh, kind of, well, I mean, it's not kind of a car racer. It's a car racer. But it, this is uh, this was an attempted Mario Kart killer. It, it, this was trying to be the next big kart racing thing and cash in on the success of Mario Kart 64 from just a few months prior. And I mean, it succeeded, right? In the sense that it sold very well. This is a huge hit. Huge, yeah. huge hit. So, I mean, it at least gave it a run for its money. And I know there are people who still would consider this a better game or, or would defend this as a better game. I think it's more of a contrarian hot take at this point. I don't think I necessarily agree that it's a better game, but I can understand why people like this, absolutely. There's also, I mean, they don't really need to, you know, be competing. There's certainly room for two good kart racers on your on your system. But no more, because, just two. Yeah. As, well, as evidenced by the other kart racers we're going to play, I assume. Yeah, especially, <laughs> I mean, when you consider that probably the weakness of Mario Kart 64 is that it only has 16 tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so more tracks are welcome. This one has a ton of tracks. It's got some, and it's got a very, some very interesting mechanics in it as well. Let's go back and start at the beginning and talk about Diddy Kong a little bit. Uh, we've talked about him before, of course, but uh, never enough. Never enough. Diddy never Kong, enough. For starters, the best member of the Kong family. I would, I would argue. I mean, DK is the first member yeah, of first the DK crew. Yeah. I don't but, remember Diddy's rap. <laughs> Uh, he's, no. he's got, he's got a jetpack. He's got, um, yeah, he's got a peanut jet gun. jetpack on. He's one, he's one cool Kong. This is all <laughs> I remember about it. Okay, all right. I, and, and he's now not. they are just dog toys. They're basically just yeah. dog toys, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, Diddy Kong was created by Rare in 1994 to be a sidekick to Donkey Kong in the smash hit Super NES platformer Donkey Kong Country. Uh, originally, Diddy was meant to be uh, Donkey Kong Jr., which was a pre-existing character mm. in the Nintendo canon. But Nintendo was really not happy with the design, no. uh, as we can see in the studio here by this lovely little amiibo. He has a uh, rad baseball hat, and he wears a shirt with no sleeves. It's got stars on it. He's he's a, he's a tough, cool well, Donkey dude. Donkey Kong Jr. just had like a bib, right? Like, Basically, Donkey Kong Jr. is sort of designed like a baby, yeah. whereas Diddy Kong is designed like I, I don't know, a ten-year-old. Yeah, he's supposed to be the 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 cool analog to the kid playing it. You know, is he he's supposed uh, to be like the younger brother. Well, no, not exactly. So he's like he's, their relationship is unclear. He's it's the Robin to DK's Batman. Yeah, he's he's more of a protege to Donkey Kong. Like they're not he's related. The Dick, the Dick Grayson. But he's the Dick Grayson. Yeah. The last name. I'm confused. But either way, well, like they all share what the a last species. name, or else Candy Kong's advances to Donkey Kong are really messed up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's just like their species. Are but they bonobos? I don't know. I think they're. I think they're. <laughs> Chimps, right? Well, he's a. They're supposed to be chimps. He's a chimp. Yeah, Diddy's a chimp. Um, I mean, we. I would say that they probably went the right way with his direction because when you think of like 
Kitty Kong, which is more of like who was the character in Donkey Kong Country Three, yeah. more of that Donkey Kong Junior design. That character did not really endure the way no, that Diddy did. No, he didn't really resonate. But yeah, they uh, Rare was all too happy with that. They, you know, Nintendo didn't like the new design, so they just said just make it its own character. So this got to be Rare's own original character. Uh, uh, as stated, so he he was uh, he debuted as the second playable character in Donkey Kong Country in 1994, and he proved popular enough that he supplanted DK as the lead in the sequel, which was called Diddy Kong's Quest, and he was paired off with a young female Kong named Dixie, who in turn would be the lead of the third Donkey Kong Country game. So they all kind of like daisy chained off of each other, and so Do- Diddy Kong was not in part three at all. And just as a PSA to people out there who haven't played Donkey Kong Country two probably the top in the top five games on that system i would yeah donkey kong country 2 is super good i think it's the best of the donkey kong oh, country games there's no question like, about absolutely, that absolutely absolutely um it's a really good it's a fantastic game absolutely uh so yeah and he also appeared in the uh he was one of the five playable characters in the massive smash hit donkey kong 64 which we uh played previously so go back and find that episode if you want to hear us talk about and he's also Monkeys. a playable character in the massive smash hit Super Smash Brothers. Super Smash Brothers, yeah, yeah. Um, he is not a universally beloved character. I found a couple articles. One writer in Kotaku referred to him as Nintendo's Scrappy-Doo, which is, like, mm. kind of the worst thing you can say <laughs> about a cartoon character. Like, you say that they're a Scrappy-Doo. Uh, and he's kind of been criticized for, like... He, he is almost like a poochie, like an yeah. attempted poochie. Like, uh, he's, he's he doesn't a, have sunglasses, at least. No, but he, he is. He does sometimes come across as a little too uh, uh, blatantly hip or like Well, looking the... at uh, your amiibo here, he's wearing a red Nintendo hat. Yeah, no, he's a, weird. He's so a it, corporate chill. Does like, so Nintendo exists in the universe that Diddy Kong exists in. I think that's true, so, actually, because don't they have like a Super Nintendo, like in their oh, if you go into the house? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it makes sense. Huh. Yeah, yeah, they're their own thing. So they can can they buy like that scene in Spaceballs? Can they buy their own game? <laughs> I like... think so. <laughs> and they can fast forward to the part in the middle until yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, Donkey Kong uh, or Diddy Kong was part of the legendarily terrible Donkey Kong Country TV show. We talked about that in the Donkey Kong episode, but this is just your daily reminder to look up that footage if you want your eyes to bleed from bad animation. Pretty great. Uh, let's jump into the game here. Uh, Diddy Kong Racing. It was released on November 21st, 1997. It was published and developed by Rare, and it is a Nintendo 64 exclusive. This was a massive, massive smash hit. This is the eighth best-selling title on the N64. That's 4.8 million units sold. Puts it just above Star Fox 64 and just below Donkey Kong 64. Okay. So Diddy's all over that top 10. <laughs> uh, for a while, it was also Nintendo's fastest-selling title ever. Um, it moved more than 450,000 copies just over the four-day Thanksgiving weekend when it came out. And, I mean, they it, definitely put, like, a marketing budget behind it. Um, definitely. I remember getting one of those... Uh, VHS tapes um, from Nintendo Power mailed to me, and it was, um, I still have it, um, it was like this fake newscast hyping up uh, Diddy Kong Racing, and it would cut between all these super goofy characters. Those those tapes are a lot of fun. You can find the whole thing on YouTube. I just look up Diddy Kong Racing uh, Nintendo Power commercial. Yeah, those are really fun. Uh, and that's true. Like, they, they got the full brunt of the marketing because the development kind of took a, a circuitous turn here. So, in the early going, this game was going to be called a real-time, it was going to be a real-time excuse me, a real-time strategy game called Wild Cartoon Kingdom, which I googled to see if that was referencing anything. All I could find was a very short-lived animation magazine from Larry Flint uh, in the early 90s. only lasted like six issues, so it's probably not that. Um, (laughs) It's the beloved rare games and Larry Flint team. Exactly. The the combo we've all been dying for. This was kind of going to be sort of a cartoony spin on Command and Conquer, like a, a, which should have had Conquer in it, actually. <laughs> that would have been a nice spin on that. Um, but uh, it was being developed by Rare devs uh, Lee Musgrave and Chris Stamper, but that project wasn't really getting much traction, so they recycled some of their models and ideas into a racing game, which was originally going to be a sequel to the NES classic RC Pro-Am. So originally it was just called uh, Pro-Am 64, and it was going to ditch the RC cars element of it. It was going to be like more of a futuristic racer with weapons and and killer tricycles and whatever <laughs> weird things like that uh, i am a little bummed that that doesn't exist we've talked about rc pro on the show a couple of times we're big fans of that yeah. series on this and on i do show. i mean based on our experience um or the lukewarm reception we had on the wipeout game mm. for n64 i think that that would have been welcome it would have been yeah. yeah it could have given uh, uh f0x a little company uh for futuristic racers uh so 
Yeah, so uh, the, the development of this game kind of took some turns because originally the big holiday release for uh, 1997 from Rare was going to be Banjo-Kazooie, which was in development. Uh, and then they decided to push it back to summer of 1998 because they wanted to really polish it up and make it kind of a Mario killer mm-hmm. and make it, make it okay. something that could compete with Mario, which again, very nearly did. Um, so they, they, they get a little extra time, but that gave them also a, a, a window without any games. So they pushed forward the uh, development of RC Pro or of Pro M sixty four, but ev- they weren't really happy with the personality of yeah. it and the style of it and everything like that. So they wanted to make it something that could compete a little more directly with Mario Kart. So they uh, slapped Diddy Kong on there and they added a couple of new characters, some of which had games in development already, some of which did not, and have never been seen beyond this game. It's, and, it's weird that that was the choice that they decided to take to be like, we're going to use Diddy Kong, this character who's kind of just been sitting dormant for a while. Um, but not Donkey Kong. Like, it's not a Donkey Kong-branded game, and there's right. no other Donkey Kong characters in it. No, no. I think there's, like, a Kremlin. Like one of oh, the, yeah, there's a Kremlin, the yeah. guys that you fight um, yeah. Diddy Kong, but it's just it's odd that they sort of invented their own little Diddy Kong-averse. Yeah, and, and, which you can see why they were excited to have their own original character that they were, like, getting oh, to expand upon. yeah, okay, I guess like that, that would be a reason that, like, yeah. Nintendo probably owns a lot of that other stuff. So did... Conquer's Bad Fur Day come out before or after this? After this. It came out and way later. Banjo and Kazooie did too? Yes, yeah. But okay. Banjo Kazooie was in development uh, at the same time as so this, this one. So this is technically the first appearance of a playable banjo. It is. Yeah, this well. is the first one. Yeah, it beat it to market by six months. Well, um, it makes sense that they don't have Donkey Kong in his own game because he's in Mario Kart. Oh, yeah. That's good true. Point. Oh, yeah. Good point. I forgot about that. Uh, so yeah, uh, yeah, like you said, Nintendo had a huge budget uh, for their holiday marketing push. They put almost all ten million of it behind this game. Uh, they were really pushing for it. It got Taco Bell promotions and things like that as well, uh, and it was very successful. This is the fastest game to get to platinum status. I think, st- well, not still, uh, but at the time, this was the fastest game platinum status. That's one million sold, and they did that uh, between November and December of mm-hmm. 1997. So that was a really fast turnaround. I did look that up, incidentally. The fastest-selling Nintendo game now is Smash Brothers Ultimate, which sold 12 million the first weekend. So I think, so, you know you know what those have in common? Diddy Kong. Diddy I Kong. I think that's the secret sauce. You <laughs> put Diddy, Diddy Kong sauce. in your game, you're going to sell a million copies. I mean, look, uh, DK64, that sold really well. Uh, is Donkey Kong Country still the best-selling Super NES game, or like the second best I'm selling? sure it's Mario World. Oh, it might. Yeah, it is probably Mario. But it's, it's probably up there. DK's up there. Like, yeah. all three of those games are in the top ten. So this is one of the rare but uh games with a plot, a rare uh, racing game with a plot. So it starts with, uh, this is the actual plot of this game. Timber the Tiger lives on an isolated island, and then when his parents go out of town on vacation, he decides to host a race on the island with all of his friends, as you do. <laughs> uh, parents are out of town, get your cars over here and your planes. So he decides uh, to hold this race. Unfortunately, their good time is interrupted by the appearance of an evil pig wizard from space, which uh, I looked into <laughs> this. This actually accounts for a lot of uh, kart racing mishaps. Yeah, it's like pig wizards from space. Pig wizards from space. Like most of the time, if you see a problem happening with a kart racing uh, uh, event in real life or in video games, it's because of an intergalactic space pig. Why does he have to be from space? I feel like just having a pig wizard is like enough. <laughs> well, they wanted space levels. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. True. Okay, you're right. You're right. You need space levels. Like, uh, Let's make this weird. Let's give space levels because, you know, Rainbow Road did so well. Yeah, <laughs> it did. Yeah, everyone loves Rainbow <laughs> Road. Uh, Whizpig is the name of this intergalactic space pig wizard, but I just like saying the full thing. Uh, he uses his powers to corrupt the four guardians of the island, and the only way to stop them is to defeat these guardians in a race. Uh, Drumstick, who's a rooster and he lives in the island, he's the best racer on the island. Uh, he tries to go take on Whizpig alone, and he disappears. Uh, Whizpig captures him and turns him into a frog. So um, you can unlock this character, um, this rooster, by running over the frog that has a little <laughs> bow on him. And I don't know, like, friends, if you have, a, if you yourself have a friend who gets turned into a frog, do not try to break the curse by running over them with a cart. Well, it's because... the only way you can talk to people in this universe. You have to hit them. What is the way to fix that? I don't remember if they ever got around to it in Oh Brother Where Art, though. I think it got crushed you got, by John You gotta Goodman kiss first. them. Oh, is that it? That's the only way? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that works. I'll make out with some frogs. That's fine. Um, just, saying, <laughs> just go down. In just... the original folktale, she throws the frog against the wall. She never kisses it. I Wait, thought, I thought for a second you said fuck tail. And I'm like, what? No. Is a princess in the frog fuck tail? Oh, what I'm is sure that? I'm sure there is. But no, <laughs> in the original folktale, the princess in the frog 
the little girl who wants her golden ball, et cetera, et cetera, makes all these promises, and the frog says, I want to sleep in your bed. Okay. Mm. And she, that was like the last of the three requests. And she's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. I just want my golden ball. Okay. Um, it gets to the part where he's like, okay, let's go to bed now. And she was like, no, throws him against the wall. Bame. Bang. Bame. Bame. Bang and bam. Bang. <laughs> um, throws it against the wall and poof, prince. So that cures him? Yeah. Oh. Oh, so maybe running over the cart will work. Yeah. 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 That seems like you need some blunt trauma. There. Violence is in our blood. But either way, uh, Timber decides he needs some help fighting this pig. <laughs> so he calls uh, Diddy Kong, who has a couple of buddies, who and he invites them all along to try and help out. There's also a uh, genie elephant named Taj who lives on the island who can help you out. And there's a little stopwatch guy named TT who uh, helps you um, also. And you can play Steve, as him as well later. what does it stand for? Total Turnbill. Nope. <laughs> I don't know. What does it stand for? Time trial. Time trial. Oh, that's his name. It's just time trial. Okay, that's boring. <laughs> <laughs> He's like his name is what he does. That's uh, that's a very rare thing, actually. Like, I think oh, it's just like no, I'm sad. Yeah, you're uh, clocky the clock. That's boring. <laughs> so uh, the characters in this game, Rare definitely wanted this to be like a springboard for like rare exclusive characters. I feel like all of these characters were in line at one point to have their own game. See who was going to take off. Yeah, and uh, but two of them did. Uh, Conquer the Squirrel, who we would star in a G-rated Game Boy platformer before pivoting to the hard R Conquer's Bad Fur Day, which we have discussed on this show. Go back and listen to that one as well. And uh, Banjo the Bear, who would also go on to lead the all-time classic Banjo-Kazooie series, which, again, we have discussed. And this he, was He has a backpack in this game, but no Kazooie. No Kazooie. So, yeah, we still have not met Kazooie, but we have met Banjo the Bear. They may not have decided that was a thing yet. No. Well, I bet that that's, that seems too intrinsic to Banjo-Kazooie for it not to be at this point, because it's only, like, a year ahead. Yeah. Right? But... I, I, don't know. I think Conker's appearance here like makes his game retroactively much much funnier <laughs> just because like I like the I like the contrast of this cuddly cute mascot character who has like racing games with his friends and then he's got this kind of dark inner life <laughs> he's got all this other shit going on when he's home not and just has a heavy drinking problem yeah it feels like this is his job like <laughs> like and oh, and then when he goes home he just oh, gets I gotta wasted save and, the day again you guys yeah yeah he's just got some major substance abuse <laughs> problems so i think that just kind of makes it funnier seeing him in his element like this uh, like with Mario Kart, the characters here are divided into light, medium, and heavyweight classes. So the light characters are Pipsy the Mouse and Tip Top the Turtle. And Tip Top is also another one who appears in Banjo-Kazooie as just like an NPC. Uh, the middleweight characters include Diddy, Conker, Timber the Tiger, and Bumper the Badger. And the heavy characters are Banjo the Bear and Crunch the Kremlin, who is technically Diddy's enemy. Uh, but he, in the in the plot, he just like watches Diddy leaving and decides to follow him to find out if he's up to no good, mm. and then just sticks around to race. Uh, so I don't know why they trust him, but everyone's okay the, with the him being there. They need all the help they can get, Steve. It oh, that's an intergalactic it. space pig. That's true, an intergalactic space pig wizard. Even worse. Even if it's, it's a tongue twister. <laughs> it is. Um, the characters in this game definitely have like a early first pass Disney feel. They're like, what about a badger whose name is Bumper? Yeah. Like, and Timber the Tiger looks like they just took his design from Daniel Tiger from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Yeah. Like he looks like the same tiger. Uh, but, you know, they're all cute. Uh, you can see why most of these characters never really got anything else. But They dance. It would be fun. Would... Oh, wait, when you're selecting them, they do like a little. Oh yeah. They hold. Dance. They hold your icon. Like if you're number one, they'll hold a sign that says one and do a little shimmy. And they they all have little catchphrases when you select them. Like I'm Crunch or my name is Crunch or whatever. Yeah. I, that's a, the term catchphrase <coughs> is generous when yeah. they're just announcing their name. <laughs> I mean, they don't say anything else, so that's it might true. as well. Well, yeah. there's a lot of noises where they're like Ooh, ah in this game as they get. But that's harder out. to print on a T-shirt. Yes, true. Then my name is Crunch. That would be really weird if you saw someone with a Crunch, the Kremlin t-shirt that just had a quote on it saying, my name is Crunch. <laughs> I realize I'm saying it like uh, the the Arrested Development bit with Judge Reinhold. My name is Judge. Never mind. I don't know. Deep cut. Uh, there are two other unlockable characters. There's TT the Stopwatch, who is a, uh, he's a light character with high acceleration, and Drumstick the Rooster, who is heavy and kind of all around the strongest character in the game. Uh, TT is unlocked by beating him in a ghost race mode, and Drumstick, like we said, he can only be unlocked by beating all the worlds, getting all the gold balloons, and then a frog will appear in the hub world with got like a rooster's comb, and you just hit him with your car. <laughs> and he's so, and that's kind of how you communicate with everyone in this game. Is and no one gonna talk about his name? 
Which one? Like, now I'm hungry. (laughs) Do we really, like, should we be encouraging his name as something that, you know, means he's dead? Yeah, that's like... like, the cow's name is Steak. Or, like, Bacon the Pig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bacon's kind of (laughs) cute. That is kind of cute. I remember reading some story... This is off track, but I remember reading some story... This had to be, like, 15, 20 years ago in People Magazine. There was a hero pig that uh, there was a fire in a house and he came into the house and he uh, uh, dragged like a child out to safety. And to reward him, they give him his favorite snack, which is strips of bacon. And I Pigs kept thinking like, oh, they will. So but chickens. also <laughs> fucked up. This kid just, this pig just saved your life. Here, forced cannibalism. Enjoy well, He that. doesn't have to eat the bacon, Steve. Well, I know, but you know, can you not eat bacon? Is it I mean, forced bacon- cannibalism if he doesn't know that it's him? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. It, de- it definitely. If a tree is. falls in the wood and you d- woods and you don't hear it, then it's cannibalism. Lindsay, yeah. yeah. if I handed you a piece of meat and I'm like, here, eat this, and you ate some, and I'm like, ah, surprise, that was my finger, you would probably be pretty pissed at me. Well, especially there's no meat on your yeah, finger. Yeah, it's true. Yes. <laughs> All right. I, I'm sure there's a taste to your part of me. I could trick you. When I was a kid, my parents would get me to eat meat by saying, "Hey, Lindsay, it's chicken. Eat it." Like if it was a hamburger. Oh or God. If it was Who pork. knows what they were giving you? <laughs> eat it, Lindsay. You like it. It's chicken. Could have been any meat. Where's the dog? <laughs> could have been calm. Is that why I never had a dog? <laughs> you had lots of dogs. <laughs> you had so many dogs. Uh, anyway, let's talk about the actual gameplay here. So I think the big thing that sets Diddy Kong Racing apart is that you can choose from one of three vehicles for most levels. Some levels restrict you to one or two, but uh, sometimes you can choose all three. So uh, at the beginning of the, each track, you can choose to either race a car, a hovercraft, or an airplane. Carts are kind of uh, solid all-around vehicles, but they're slow in sand and water. Hovercrafts are great in sand and water, but they're kind of hard to control in general and pretty slow. And planes are the slowest ones overall, but they're great for uh, exploring and they're great for um, kind of getting the edge on people. And you like, can from do barrel tracks. rolls that are useless. You can, and they are. Uh, yeah, so the the, the mechanic uh, was pretty innovative at the time. It's actually been adopted by Mario Kart since, although in Mario mm. Kart you change on the fly. Like you become, mm. you hit a part in the level and you're a hovercraft, you hit another part in the level and you're uh, a glider. Yeah, but it doesn't change like the core mechanic that much. No, right? not as much. It's just kind of a way of uh, uh, making the tracks a little more dynamic. And then the Sega and Sonic All-Stars Racing does this too. So it's, you know, it's a good way of uh, mixing it up. Um, this game is also unique because it starts you off from a hub world and you can kind of get advice from Taj the genie by hitting him. Again, we need to specify the way you to talk also, to your friends I, I is to hit them. You can, you can honk next to them to get, then they'll come talk. Oh, to you. I forgot about that. Okay. So you can't honk. Okay. So right. I would say that the thing that really, I mean, there's a lot of car racers out there and most of them have the same basics. Yeah. Um, but this one, what they really went for and I think one of the reasons this game kind of irritated me when it came out is it so much felt like a amalgam of a soulless amalgam of the things that made the N64. They're like, uh, Mario Kart sold really well. Let's make a kart game. Mm. Um, also, people really into collecting like this golden crap from a hub world. Let's put let's jam that in our game and put some cute animal characters in there too. Yeah. Because um, like the single player mode, it's clear that they're like all right, we need to copy the structure of Mario 64. So basically the way it works is you drop into this hub world and there's going to be one open area, which is like Dino Kingdom. So you Mm. get a free balloon that opens that up. And then you just kind of have to race each track. Each time you win, you get another balloon, which will open the next level. And then when you get all five, you can race the boss of the level. And then once you beat the boss of the level, it unlocks these coins on all of the tracks and, and you have to get all level. the you have to get all the coins and beat the level so you have to play at least each level each world at least twice assuming mm. that you beat them all the first time and there's a hidden key somewhere in the world that you can usually get by like driving a hovercraft or plane way off of the main course um, to find it and that opens up like a time trial thing so it's like they really went into like how much random collectibles can we somehow fit into a kart racing game. But it's I'm a, sure yeah. also considered like all of us looked for shortcuts in Mario Kart, mm-hmm. right? Oh sure. Everyone explored the levels, even though they weren't levels. They they just took advantage of that. No, like, it's it's a I I like the idea because I think the appeal of games like this is all those little hidden uh, uh, alleys and everything like that. And this one has pretty much it's pretty much all that. But some of um, them are like it's weird because a lot of the things aren't necessarily shortcuts and they're just like 
like sometimes you drive way off like across the water to like a secret island or something like that and so it's I don't know. It's just kind of... They don't work from, like, a multiplayer racing perspective because right. those things are still there when you play multiplayer, but they're not a shortcut. I don't know. It's This is a very interesting racing game in the fact that uh, the single-player mode is kind of the emphasis, yeah. which is not mm-hmm. something that's true of Mario Kart. Like who, like, like I said, nobody really plays Mario Kart single-player mode. And if you do, it's just basically the same thing as uh, uh, multiplayer. Right. But this one really mixes it up. So you have... Every level has... Uh, four worlds and at the end of those four worlds you have to do a boss battle with one of the four guardians of the island who are converted to henchmen so like the first level uh, you're racing a triceratops up this spiral mountain uh, which is cool it's it's a cool uh, little mechanic there uh, and I I enjoyed that little race Mm -hmm. Um, but it's it's very interesting to see this much work being put into a single player mode in a racing game Um, it's to the game's benefit I think I think that's I, I definitely think this is the stronger single-player mode between those two yes. games, between this and Mario Kart. Like, yeah, if you want to play a racing game by yourself for any reason, I think this is the one to do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is an un, it's an unusual focus. Considering, there's a real yeah. sense of, like, accomplishment and having a clear goal defined as opposed to just trying to get a higher score on your level. Yeah, but I think the reason that Mario Kart did so well was because of its replayability through multiplayer, whereas... I mean, we we've, we were playing these you know levels, these races today, and I was like, oh yeah, I remember this one. And but I'm like, I haven't really played this game in 15 plus years, and it's mm. because you don't really play it with your friends. The multi level is they're, they're super short tracks. Um, the mystery boxes just aren't as effective. Oh yeah, let's yeah. let's talk about the balloons a little bit. Yeah, so, these are like, interesting. This game, this is one of these. I mean, the case with car races is. No matter what card racer you play, you're going to get generally the same experience, but it's yeah. the little things that matter. And so in this one, some of the major differences in Mario Kart are in Mario Kart, rather than getting a random item from an item box, um, there's different colored balloons. And each type of balloon will give you, like a red balloon will always give you a missile. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter where you are in the race, it will always give you one missile. And then if you collect a second red balloon without using that first one, you get a homing missile. And a third red balloon will give you 10 missiles. And Do those home as well, no, or they, the, don't. they don't? No. They and just then there's different out. color balloons. So what do the green ones give you, Lindsay? Green ones are like oil spills, or the mi- or it's the mine stuff you drop behind you. Yeah, and the, but you can't hold on to it like you can with Mario Kart. Yeah. If you if you press the Z button, it's gone. Yeah, and then the blue are the a boost. They're the spood beasts. Spood beasts. Beast. And then there's <laughs> okay, the purple. <laughs> just to clarify, since we're not in the room with us playing. No. Um, the purple are... A shield, right? The shields. And then the, the rainbow, rainbow are the magnets. And now, how do they work? Magnets can actually be Fucking really magnets. effective if you're behind. That's one of the few things that, like, if you're behind, they're really useful. Because if you get a super strong magnet, it'll actually pull you to the person ahead of you. Mm. And, and help you so you're not hitting walls or anything. Yeah. Actually, like get you closer so that you have a better chance of passing them. Because you can't really do that with, like, the red ones unless you've got the homing missile. Aiming is just yeah, terrible. That's, yeah. So, I mean, I think a recurring theme here is, despite, like, the effort that was put into the single player, I think the fundamental biggest problem with this game is it is not as fun to play as Mario Kart. Generally and, not. But you know what? I did like that balloon mechanic because... Uh, I feel like my instinct in Mario Kart is like, get an item, launch an item, get an item, launch an item. And I think you do need to play a little more defensively with the balloons. But I think that's more fun. I think what you just described of get an item, launch an item is a lot more fun than I'm going to hoard this missile until someone passes me and then I'm going to miss with it. Well, Well, then you might accidentally, like if you've hoarded your homing missile and then accidentally hit a blue balloon, your homing missile is gone and you now have a... Speed boost. Yes. I I really <laughs> like do, you do th- it. Okay. I mean, we were we were kind of talking about it while playing, and I really do think that this game takes more skill to be really good at than Mario Kart, and I think that's not necessarily to its benefit because Mario Kart anybody can pick it up and play it and have a great time. I think Diddy Kong uh, it, it takes a little bit more out of you. It takes a little more uh, uh, forethought and a little more planning. But I feel like that's due to it controlling worse. Like it just you don't feel like you're just hitting the walls more. Your slide doesn't feel as natural. Like, 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 zoom into you. Into you. Yeah. I don't know. Just you like have to slide a lot earlier. Yeah. To make it effective. And it's not like a hop slide. It's just a slide. Yeah. Unless you're in the hovercraft and then you can actually hop, but it's not a slide because it's just like, ooh, wall bam. Ooh, wall bam. <laughs> ooh, wall bam. So I don't know. I just, to me, I find this game to be a lot less pleasurable in the mm. act of playing because it just doesn't control as naturally. And I've, 
I've played this game plenty, and I just never really clicked with the way it controls. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say... I mean, as as a new player, like, I, you know, so we, me and Lindsay played this a couple days ago, like, just to try it out, and that was my first time messing with it at all, and uh, it, I picked it up pretty quickly. I think it controls well. Um, it does. It's maybe not as precise as Mario Kart, but it controls well. Uh, I think this is one that you can pick up and play pretty easily, but... Yeah, I agree with you. There's there's a stickiness that's lacking for me. Like, I don't really feel the need to go back. Although, I will say the adventure mode is more fun. Like, I actually might yeah. want to try and unlock more of these levels. No, the adventure <laughs> mode is very cool. And I feel like if you were, I don't know, if you were really into kart, player, kart racers but didn't like playing with other people, first off, what is wrong with you? Yeah, that's weird. Like, but second off, like, you might prefer this game. Um, so, yeah, and there's a lot of levels here. So the, you have four basic hub worlds. There's like a dinosaur world, a medieval dragon world, an ice world, and then a uh, water, world. water world. And then there's a Starring fifth level. Kevin it's Costner. a space world. <laughs> um, each one of these levels has four tracks plus a boss track plus a challenge track. So that's quite a bit of variety. Mm -hmm. But, however, I did find these to be a little samey. Like, so we yeah. were playing a, a trophy mode, which is like a cup... Uh, racing Mario Kart. We were doing the Ice World, and it's just four ice levels in a row, and they're not all that different. The only thing that's different is the track layout, but like in terms of uh, gimmicks or like recognizable thing, you know, that's kind of the appeal of Mario Kart too. Is that it's a little bit of a Nintendo history lesson, and you get to see all these cool games well, transposed into this. Dinosaurs in Mario Kart. I don't know. Oh, you do so. There's a dinosaur where? level in uh, Yoshi's Valley. Yoshi's. Well, no, not Yoshi's Valley. Um, fuck. There's a dinosaur level, and I think in the uh, GameCube one. Uh, you forget that I only recognize the oh, that's the version. only game. <laughs> um, Fair but like, uh, excuse me. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like another issue here is the tracks just aren't as distinct. Like when we think about Mario Kart, like we Royal Raceway, which is like not a super distinct level, but like we remember that huge jump that's on it, mm -hmm. or like going over the DK Bridge, or like the way that any all the levels in Yoshi Valley like you can go different directions. Yeah. Or like all the different cars and Toad's Turnpike. Like every level has like its own unique kind of gimmick that makes it stand out. Mm -hmm. And this game it's just like now you're kind of in the mountains more and now here's some ice like there's not like weird obstacles or anything that sort of no. make each level stand out and again the appeal is in all the little hidden shit that's and there's like a lot of right angles a lot of right angles yeah especially in the medieval one like there's a castle and there's like a big fountain and it's a square and you have to go around it and it's like eh, eh. Like, yeah, there there were also hard turns. there were also problems with draw distance at least in multiplayer. multiplayer was uh, it was very bad. Like some of the uh, there's a I think the third track in the snow level is like a, a icy village, and you're going through it at night, so it's already a little hard to see. And it's just sometimes in that level, it's just not clear where the track is. You just can't see it. You can't see anything. And in the multiplayer, um, elite, there's no music. No, which no. I, I didn't remember that at all, but that's something that has come to really bug me in games um, because it just they feel so lifeless. And like when your only sound is like banjo hitting the wall going, yeah. it just, it's not exciting. Like so much energy is drawn out we of the game. We made our own music. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> we, yeah. had, we had a lovely horn battle. Yeah. Shane has the feature where every single C button like changes something. So like your left C changes your camera of your extra screen. The top screen changes how zoomed in you are. And the bottom screen changes your hub. And they all make different dinging and donging noises. Yeah, yeah. So you can just hammer on them along it's, with your horn. It's not quite quite as distracting as it was with Mario Golf, yeah. but at least it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a way to get in people's heads. But, um, and in that same spirit, it never bodes well when I start getting more entertained by the uh, yeah. more noises than the game itself. Uh, there are a couple of different battle modes or like different weird novelty modes but in like the multiplayer. But they're like exclusive to each track. So like yeah. the dinosaur world has its own sort of battle track. Yeah, so the dinosaur world you're supposed to dodge or drive into like a central nest, gather up dinosaur eggs and bring it back to your area. They're sitting in lava. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. very hard. Yeah. And then like we played a mode in the dragon world where we're collecting bananas and we have to bring them back to a box. You can only get two at a time. And if you get hit with something, you lose a banana. And there's a couple just standard battle modes where you try to hit people with weapons. But again, yeah. like the weapons just don't work as well as Mario Kart. Yeah, bananas are on the track too when you're playing the game, and it's not immediately clear what they're for. They're it's, not like Mario Kart bananas; they yeah, don't trip you up. Yeah, it's funny that uh, Mario Kart bananas are like avoid those. And yeah, like, get the bananas in Diddy Kong. Yeah, and this one, uh, I looked it up. It's, well, yeah, but Donkey Kong's a monkey. You still want to avoid yeah, those but bananas? He, yeah, but he's the only monkey mm, he's in the Mario outlier. Kart. Yeah, Diddy Kong's the only Mario. The like, only we, monkey. Hey, in. hey, Donkey Kong. Yeah. We know you like bananas, but guess what? All of these are empty. Yeah, dude. What other? I don't <laughs> think any of these other animals eat banana. Maybe the turtle. 
Turtles, I, bet, I think turtles, most of these animals would eat, eat bananas. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I don't think a tiger would no. be crazy about a banana. I don't know. I don't know. A badger anyway. probably would. I don't know. Anyway, the pig definitely did. Never mind. So I alligators, know somebody write, alligator, alligators eat everything. Stay tuned for our next guest. Where we have would. special guest David Suzuki <laughs> to tell us what animals would eat bananas. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, these these little battle modes, they were fun. I, I think the interface for multiplayer is a little uh, clunky compared to the Mario Kart interface. Just, like, navigating the menus. It's not entirely clear what everything is when you're getting into it. They also weirdly give you a... Um, <clears throat> hmm. There's a computer bot that plays in the multiplayer modes. Mm. Like if you don't have four players. Yeah, which is weird that they force that on you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a little strange. Because they're always good. Yeah, they're always way better than everybody yeah. else. Um, you know, so... I, I feel like we're being kind of hard on this game. Sure. We're coming across a little hard. Like, I don't want to send the wrong signal. These are not, this is not a bad game I feel at like, all. Well, I mean, I think that's kind of what happens is if you go into something with the pre preconceived notion that this game is like a great game for the system, mm. then we're going to be harder on it. Whereas if we go like with the Batman Begins game, we're like, this game's going to be shit. And we're yeah. like, well, yeah, it was shit, but it wasn't like as big of shit as we thought. Right. Whereas this one has sort of got more of an uphill battle. <laughs> I'm never crazy about this game because people yeah. have often like this has been the game that's been available and they're like let's play Diddy Kong and then I play it and I'm like man why aren't we just playing Mario Kart yeah I, well and I think this one also is coming preloaded with the expectation that it's like it, they, this game wants us to think of Mario Kart you yeah. know it's like it's it's drawing specifically on that so making comparisons between the two is kind of inevitable mm -hmm. and I just think this is lacking in a lot of ways I think yeah the single player is far and away better than Mario Kart and I, it's and kind of everything looks better in single player. The presentation is crisper, yeah. and the music is better, and so there is music. Um, it's much bigger, and the draw it like it's just way easier to see. Yeah, and like I I enjoyed the boss fight mechanic. I know it's just basically just a one on one race, but like the Triceratops is really big. Mm -hmm. uh, he can knock you off of stuff, uh, and you have to kind of pelt him with missiles or keep getting more powerful boosts. So that's where your strategy comes in. You want to try and line up these three balloons so you get a very powerful boost to pull well ahead of this Triceratops, mm -hmm. who stays on your ass. Like, it's yeah. not handed to you. No, I, I um, imagine this game gets quite difficult as you go on. And this one's also lacking that user-friendly slingshot mechanic that Mario Kart has, where, you know, right. if that's you're further the, uh, back, you get more powerful weapons. Right, that's the other trade-off of these sort of balloons weapons. No, you just have to be good. Yeah, you just yeah. have to be good, which is not Steve and I's strong point. No, I'm not good. <laughs> I'm not good. Yeah. I don't uh, know. I don't know. I just like this kind of, I like these kinds of games. No, I mean, and you're, you're really good at them, too. Like, I don't know how, what, I mean, your, your Mario Kart skills translate very well to Diddy Kong Racing, I will say, yeah. uh, which clearly is not a game you've played as much, but it's definitely a game you've played a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. I forgot about the single player, like, like I said, it's been a long time since I played it, but when we started playing the single-player version of it today, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. No. Oh, yeah, that was fun. But the thing is, I forgot about it because <laughs> once you've played it, you don't go back and play it again. Yeah. I mean, they definitely give you a lot of options. I think this is a this would have been a very good bang for your buck kind of game yeah, yeah. back in the day. There's a lot to do here, and it's going to take you a while to exhaust all the different oh, options yeah. you find. And those levels do get hard. Those boss mm -hmm. fights, they get hard they i remember having hard. to do that triceratops one because it's a spiral up the mountain and it's the first boss and i think you have to do it twice i yeah. think after you beat him and then get yeah. all the coins you have to play him again and he's much faster and yeah. harder and you have to collect yeah yeah and uh, that's the only way you can get the piece of the amulet that you need to to beat whiz pig at the end which again is that annoying rare thing that they would uh, they would totally jump the shark with it in Donkey Kong 64 when you have to find two obscure coins that you get from beating rare arcade games twice before you can fight the boss. Yeah. So it's kind of the beginning of that and unfortunate those, trend. I mean, yeah, the shoehorning in of just random crap to collect feels extra egregious in this game being as it's not this is not the kind of game that is conducive to that. No, it's not a collectathon kind of genre. Yeah. Um, well, cool. I think we've, uh, we've said all we need to say about Diddy Kong Racing. Let's say. Well, uh, there's one other thing I want to talk about. Uh, why isn't there any more Diddy Kong Racing? Oh, there yeah. are reasons for that. That is an excellent question. So there was a sequel in development. Uh, it was entitled Donkey Kong Racing. It was going to be on the GameCube. And uh, this game, as it suggests, would make Donkey Kong the lead once again. But the engine on this one was built around an animal riding mechanic. So Whoa. like you kind of like in Do Donkey Kong Country. I remember seeing previews of this There game. were previews that came out. Yeah, like so you would ride a rhino. But you could switch your carts uh, mid-race like you can in Mario Kart now. But this time you'd have more control over it. You can do it on the fly. It sounded fun. Um, and they showed footage of it at E3 in 2001. 
But then in 2002, Nintendo declined an offer to purchase a 51% controlling stake in Rare. So Rare mm-hmm. sold to Microsoft for $375 million. Um, and now Donkey Kong Racing was completely reworked. Uh, it went under several different revisions until eventually the racing and the Donkey Kong elements were removed completely. <laughs> and it was going to be an open world 3D Saber Wolf game. Which oh, never yeah, materialized. People love Saber yeah, everyone like, in America. All the kids are talking about it. That like. Saber Wolf, that elderly adventurer <laughs> from the British games that we've never played. Uh, there are there was a handful of there was a handheld version of this game uh, being released for handheld. So Diddy Kong Pilot was all set to be released on Game Boy Advance, and it was going to feature only the pilot portion, the airplane portions of the game, and it was going to offer tilt control. Because uh, oh, if you remember, there was a Game Boy Advance game called uh, Yoshi Topsy Turvy, which had like a motion uh, sensor built into the cart. Isn't that Tilt and Tumble? Oh, Tilt and Tumble. You're right. Which one's Topsy Turvy? Uh, that is the movie about Gilbert and Sullivan. Oh, right. I always get those confused. Yeah, okay. And which you. one has the dinosaurs? Is that the Gilbert that, and Sullivan? That's the, yeah, that's the Gilbert that's, and Sullivan. Okay, got one. it, got it, got it. <laughs> yeah, so Yoshi Tilt and Tumble. Uh, yeah, that's. It had like a motion sensor in the cart so when you could turn your Game Boy Advance to control Yoshi while he's yeah. riding on a big ball. Uh, but then, of course, Microsoft bought Rare and the game had to be redesigned with a new character because Rare owns the rights to the supporting characters in the game, but Di- uh, Nintendo owns Diddy. Uh, um, they bought Diddy in the in the purchase. So that's why Diddy can pop up in Smash Brothers. They should and- have just made it a Timber of the Tiger game because it's his story anyway. Apparently, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. But this game did finally make it to market as Banjo-Pilot. It right. starred Banjo-Kazooie. It was released up by THQ. The tilt technology was scrapped because Nintendo owned the patent on that. And reviews at the time were kind of middling, but they said that it, it's it's clear that this game underwent a lot of compromises before it came to market. It's weird that there's, like, two Banjo games for the Game Boy Advance, and, like, I don't know, has anyone ever played them? Like, no, I'm sure like someone a, has, but, like... That's the thing. When you talk about Banjo-Kazooie games, you think there's three main series entries, but then there are these two little weird ones yeah. on Game Boy Advance that no one's played. Like, what's the other, like, Grunty's Revenge? Revenge yeah. Yeah, so I've never played that one either. I'm a big fan of this series. Yeah. I've never played. I've never played Nuts and Bolts either, but I don't have an Xbox 360. So. I heard it's not great. Yeah, um, but he does now. But Diddy Kong Racing uh, DS uh, got released in 2007. This was a full remake for the DS, and this version retained all the original characters except Conker and Banjo, who mm. were replaced with Dixie Kong and Tiny Kong. Uh, and the remake also let you play as Taj and Whizpig as playable racers. Nice. Mm. Yeah, um, Whizpig Cat. Does Wispig cast spells? Probably not. Probably don't get that far in the game. I don't know. I think he shoots lasers or something. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, there was a, also a track editor, and there was some uh, oh, online editor. playing wow. you could do in this game. But uh, reviews at the time uh, criticized the kind of unnecessary new feature. There were a lot of new touchscreen minigames because oh, it's a Nintendo yeah. DS. And there's like touchscreen controls that don't really work. Like you have to draw your track on the touchscreen, and then they follow it. It's, oh, for the editing portion? Yeah. Well, no, for the racing portion. Oh. I, I don't think that's mandatory that you have to play it that way. But like they added these features that nobody Man, enjoys. Man, that was like... It was a dark time of, like, early... Whenever a system came out... I don't know. There was, like, a weird age of, like, ten year, five years where it was just, like, what's the new control gimmick going to be? Yeah. How do we shoehorn this in the game? Of, like, okay, you're going to tilt your PlayStation 3 controller around. Oh, God. And Thank just, God they gave up on that six-axis quickly. Like, I think the first Uncharted game, Layer, and then that first Ratchet and Clank game had... had for a while of, like, mechanics like this. Like, the Vita ga- the Vita Uncharted game yeah. was super annoying that way. Yeah, just Every yeah. time you pick up a thing, it's like, oh, blow the dust off of it. And you're like, I just oh, want to shoot guys. And I like, played that when I was yeah. recovering from surgery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that yeah. was really frustrating. You have to turn it around. Scrape, 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 scrape. Yeah, yeah, there's a touchpad on the back oh, that you're the like ba- the awkwardly... back touchpad on the Vita might be the one of the worst like it just designed doesn't, it doesn't make ever. sense it's not utilized very like, well here, in touch this games. area that all feels the same and you can't see yeah I always thought it was the two little like rubbery grips back there that were the yeah, touchpad that would make, much, that more would make sense. much more sense I didn't realize I was supposed to be touching the back part for a long time Anyway, uh, yeah, Diddy Kong Racing has not been seen since then. This one was conspicuously missing from that rare replay uh, uh, collection for the Xbox mm-hmm. One because I think Nintendo still owns a lot of things on here. So that, that would be the exact place that you would want it. That would be exactly where you want it. Yeah, because that's where, like, I mean, people got to discover Blast Core again and, like, the Banjo games and Conquer and all those. But, yeah, no no, no love for Diddy Kong Racing anymore. I don't know if we're ever going to see anything else from this until Rare and uh, Nintendo make nice, but... <laughs> Yeah, I don't or know. Or they're going to listen to this podcast and they're going to feel super sad. 
And then probably still not do anything. I mean, it, I think if they listen to this podcast, they'll get that we kind of had a mediocre reaction to this. But yeah, I, I'm I speaking of, I let's, think that let's, the love for this game does kind of overshoot the actual quality of it at this point. I, I would I would well, let's move on to our rankings. Yeah. Let's see where we're actually putting these. So each week we are ranking the games that we have just completed. We're up over 200 now. We're getting nice. we're getting to the end zone here. Um I will start us off. Um, yeah, we were very critical of this game when we were talking about it, but I don't want to give the impression this is a bad game. No. I did enjoy it. I had a good time. I do actually want to go back and play the single-player mode and see how far I can get. Um, to that degree, I am putting it at number uh, 30, which is just below F0X. I think I would rather play F0 if we're talking N64 racing games, mm-hmm. but this would be a close second after that. Okay. So, number 30. Uh, I, mean, I mean a close third, because it's behind other... Oh, well, yeah, yeah, I guess, but I mean, if I'm choosing between those yeah. two, I guess. Uh, Lindsay, currently your top game is Mario Kart 64. Ooh. Your bottom game is Duke Nukem Zero Hour. Uh, where's this one going for you? Um, I can't remember what number it was, but it was above Gauntlet Legends, below Resident Evil 2. Cool. That's your new number four game. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. That's, hey, That's not bad. Out of how many games on there, like, don't make it... I mean, it's You've got, good, like, ten. Yeah, You've got, okay. a, yeah. The this, top half. Yes. Top half. That, that half. fits. That works. Yeah, yeah not bad. <laughs> and what do you have about yourself? Um, you know, this is one of those weird situations where I feel like you probably like the game more than I did, but I'm ranking it higher than you. I don't know weird. how that works. I don't know um, how that happened. Okay. But there's a lot of content here. Um, I'm putting it, I think, at number 20, wow. which is right behind Spider-Man. Is that right? Uh, is Spider- that... Oh, that, that's that's way off. That's uh, behind Spider Man would be your number thirty, actually. So we'd oh, be in the same the place. Number 30. Oh, that's, we're in the same exact place. It. Okay, Perfect. great. I was just off by ten. We we have we won. have an accord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So Aww, you guys are adorable. <laughs> there are very few games on here that we actually like agree on one to one. I think the only one is Mario Kart 64, which we both agree is number two on the N64. And now now Diddy Kong Racing, right? Or sorry, Super Mario 64. Oh, Super I mean. Mario yeah, 64. And now Diddy, the, yeah, okay. and now Diddy Kong Racing. I, we it would have been on. cool if it was Mario Kart and Diddy Kong. We had exactly aligning That'd cartes. be weird. Uh, we have a couple of letters this week. Two letters, both from Sam, but I think they're different Sams, but Ooh. they might also be the same Sam. So, okay. same Sam? Sam Sam? I don't know. We don't know. Sam I am. Sam he be. One is from Sam I am, and the other is from I am Sam. Sorry, Sean <laughs> Oh, uh, that's that was good. Son of Sam. Son of Sam. Uh, all right. So first letter. <laughs> Hello again, Steve Woody, impossible guest. He knows your name. Oh, that's so We're gonna good. have to introduce Hi. you as possible Lindsay, guest. Lindsay, possible now. guest Pennington. Yeah. Hey, you uh, haven't tried to kill me off in a while. So no, okay that's true. That. I mean, the, the, the users spoke and they decided to keep you alive <laughs> after 100 episodes. Did you actually vote? No. no. What? We what was it that did? Th- oh, it was it was Sharknado that did that. You got to vote on whether they killed Tara Reid's character from one of the movies, but everyone decided to keep her alive. So okay. that's that's a nicer outcome to that than I, I would have thought. I would have voted to not. I would have voted for Killy McKillface. Anyway. I would have um, voted to kill the franchise. Kill it they off. They made like five of them. They're, they've been tedious the entire time. Read the letter. Uh, the letter says, <laughs> I had a quick aside that I thought you might want to share with listeners of the podcast concerning Versus Excitebike. Versus oh, Excitebike yeah. is one of the games on the Nintendo Switch NES game collection that okay. you get if you purchase a subscription to Nintendo's online service. It also includes the original Excitebike as well as a host of other classic NES games. As far as I know, that's the first time you've been able to play the game in America at home. Also, you were correct that you weren't able to save the Excitebike custom tracks on the NES. It was a feature that needed the Famicom Data Recorder, a cassette oh. device that allowed you to save them to a magnetic ribbon. It was <laughs> never released in America, so the feature never fully materialized. Keep up the good work, and that's from Sam Number One. Thank you, Sam. I I did not know that about Versus Excitebike. That's that's cool that that's available on the the uh, Switch Online. The Switch Online interface, like it's so ugly. They put all these weird like special versions of games where they like start you in the middle of like you're like special Metroid, and they start you in the middle of the game with a set amount of items. But yeah. They don't tell you what the settings are for those, mm-hmm. and they're just gumming up your whole library. I just. I don't know. The the Switch Online really annoys me because it's like such a good idea that's just so half baked in its execution. Yeah, Nintendo still has not cracked online well, content. They just don't. They don't seem they to just, put any effort. They, they don't put like, any effort. But you know what? I will say the Switch Store has turned out to be one of like the most pleasant surprises yes, coming out of Nintendo Switch because Store works very nice. It's just this amazing repository for great indie games. Like everything shows up on the Switch eventually, and uh, they 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 give it a really good platform. But like the browser on it is weird. Like you can't see. All, it only shows you like what's new and hot and what's on sale. Yeah. Like, it, it's hard to find something else unless you're searching for it directly. Exactly. Yeah. But that's cool to know. Like I'll I'll, I'll check out versus Excitebike because uh, I think that that is a multiplayer game at heart that's just never had a multiplayer version in the states. So, all right, a second Sam letter. 
Hey, Steve and Woody. Forgive me if you've answered this on the episode, but what is your setup for playing these games? Are you using a CRT? And if so, is it a consumer set or a PVM, etc.? And are you using the old yellow composite or S-Video? Thank you and keep up the tremendously good work. You guys have not only created audio content that I desperately wished existed before I found it, but you've done so with a rare, trademark, attention to detail and wit to spare. Yours and glorious polygons, Sam. So thank you, Sam. That's very kind of you to say. Should we be capitalist jerks about this? How capitalist? Oh, well, we, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll t- I'm not going to just be capitalist jerks about it, but okay, I will okay. say... Uh, if you're listening to this now, then we just released a Patreon-exclusive episode where we're talking about the how to play Nintendo 64, all the various ways that you can access Nintendo 64. And we, we answer this question very in-depth. We do answer how, the question. Uh, I, I'll, I'll, I'll answer this yeah. part again, though, because uh, uh, we are playing on an HDTV um, in my living room, sometimes in my basement, but it's an HDTV either way. I do have a CRT in the basement that we play on sometimes as well. We're like really old stuff. Like really. Super Nintendo on Exactly. Uh, and I, I have an upscaler from uh, Super 64 uh, from the, the from Castlevania games. Uh, you just plug it into the back of your N64, and then you can hook up an HDMI cable to it. Works great. Recommend it if you have the money for it. Uh, and you're going to be playing these on HDTVs. But yeah, no, uh, if we're playing it, it's generally on my big TV. Um, it works fine. This whole PV, there's a PVM fervor that has swept the nation of nerds. What is PVM? PVM is a certain kind of video monitor that were most commonly used, like, in hospitals or, like, broadcasting tools. So, like, their picture is super-duper sharp. Oh, okay. And there's, like, this re- this group of ultra-nerds who are, like, we're going to find these PVMs and hook up the consoles to them because they look really good. <laughs> okay. And I have, I mean, I have seen them. They do look really good. But, guys, it's N64. It's only going to look so good. Yeah. Let's, let's not go crazy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it, after a certain point, like, blurry is going to be blurry. It's going to be blurry. <laughs> So you know what what you the way you play is just kind of up to you. But uh, yes. yeah, if if you want to be a uh, if if you want to sign up at patreoncom ultra 64 pod uh, that episode is available now for the five dollar level. You can get access to all of our bonus episodes, and we will cover all of this in much nerdier detail. Yeah, we talk about both how we play on the system here, as well as sort of other options of ways to access N64 games. Exactly, lots of options for that. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Lindsay, once again, for providing your kart racing expertise. We always appreciate it. Aw, thanks. I like mm. feeling special. Aw. <laughs> Aw, really I didn't like need to give you that Christmas impression. socks. They're well, really one of them's Christmas sock. Well, I like them both. One of them is a caterfly. I like, I like caterfly. the Christmas ones more. It's a cat with wings like a butterfly. I like that. I thought they were fairies, but... Or Either way. Cat fairies, I guess. Well, thank you, everybody. <laughs> thank you, everybody, for listening to our talk about Lindsay's socks. Uh, be sure to join us next week because I think we're we're basically closing out uh, two dimensional fighting games because Ooh. we are playing Clay Fighter sixty three and a third and Clay Fighter sixty three and a third. This sculptor's cut, the rarest, Ooh. hardest to find game on the N sixty four. I'm very excited to see how these games hold up. I've got lots of memories around these Clay <laughs> yeah, Fighter me games. Too. This should be uh, this should be a weird one. So tune in next week to hear us talk about Clay Fighter. In the meantime, everybody, get to your biplanes. Actually, uh, Lindsay, you be in the hovercraft. Uh, what do you be in the car? Uh, I'm just gonna be the plane and uh, uh, no looking at my screen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the plane seems like the real advantage. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.